0: we are almost finishing this book in fact this would be the last sermon that i would preach through this book of jonah this afternoon we will be considering chapter 4 from verse 6 to the end verse 6 to 11 i'm going to read the whole chapter but then we are going to consider verse 6 to verse 11 Jonah chapter 4 But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord, and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And relenting from disaster. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind. Which came into being in a night and perished in a night, and should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 people, persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? So, what we have here is the conclusion of this book of Jonah and so far we've seen many things from this book we've been able to see evangelism and the sovereignty of God that God is willing to save people even to the farthest end of the world we have seen that God is sovereign in all his dealings with um, his prophet we've also seen that Uh, 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 god is the god of providence we've considered evangelism and the providence of god that god works out all things uh, according to his pleasure and he's the one who uh, preserves and governs all his creatures and all their actions we've been able to see that this book of jonah or the character of jonah is a personification of the lord jesus christ is it's, it's a Jonah is a type of Christ, uh, looking forward to the greater than Jonah, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we were able to see last week that uh, God is concerned with uh, the salvation of sinners, that God is compassionate. Having seen the Sunday before that, um, that when God gives Jonah the second commission, Jonah goes. Jonah delivers the word of God and the Ninevites repent and God relents from their judgment. God relents from the disaster that he had said he would do to them and he does, he does not do it. We were able to see that God is the God of compassion and last week we considered uh, 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 <clears throat> that title uh, as the first part and this week I'm hoping that we, we will finish, we will finish it with the second part considering the God of compassion <clears throat> now I'd like for us to see in the verses before us verse six to verse 11 two things and then Lord willing we will be done with this book of Jonah I'd like us to see two things number one God shows himself to be compassionate to Jonah from verse 6. Under this title the God of compassion God shows himself to be compassionate to Jonah and then number two God shows himself to be compassionate more than Jonah verse, Verses 7 to 11. So number one God shows himself to be compassionate to Jonah. Number two god shows himself to be compassionate more than jonah so on to the first point there look with me at verse six the bible says now the lord appointed the lord god appointed a plant and made it come up over jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort so jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant we see here that God shows himself to be compassionate to Jonah firstly for his well-being in granting the well-being of Jonah God continues to deal with Jonah with a lot of patience and goodness and compassion God provides a fast-growing plant that supplies cool shade from the heat and this shows that God is a good God God is the best the Bible says in james chapter 1 verse 17 that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from god uh, is from god coming down from the father of lights now even more than this god is compassionate you know more than being good to jonah god is compassionate even to jonah he sees jonah in the dangerous heat and provides shade over his head that's what uh, that verse tells us that God grants he gives gives him a shade over his head God shows Jonah that even though he is saving the Ninevites it is not as though there is no room for him it's not as though there is no room for Jonah and his people God is going to provide a shade for, for Jonah now and while Jonah is throwing a tantrum as we were, as we were able to see last week God is dealing with him as a parent would deal with a jealous child over another child. God is, God is using this example to try and show Jonah that he is a compassionate God. That there is no problem with him saving the Ninevites. And so the Bible says there that the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah. That it might be a shade over his head to save him from the discomfort god is concerned with the well-being of jonah even after all that jonah has has done now uh, god shows himself to be compassionate to jonah firstly for his well-being by granting the the plant but then secondly for the well-being of others god shows himself to be compassionate to jonah not only for the good of jonah but also for the well-being of others the goodness of god is intended to drive jonah to see that there is enough goodness for others as well. When God is granting this plant to, you know, to be shade of Jonah, he's doing that so that Jonah may see that there's enough goodness for everyone. There's enough goodness for others as well. The Bible says there that Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. God's plan was working. Jonah was seeing that God is compassionate. We are told there that he was exceedingly glad He was extremely happy for the sun must have been scorching. But this is intended to show Jonah that God cares for others as well. That God is willing to be compassionate to others as well. It is intended to show Jonah that people are more valuable than plants. God is going ahead. God is is going to show uh, Jonah later on that people are more important. Uh, People are more valuable than plants. That people are of more concern to god than other things and god uses this example of the plant that gives him shade to show him this and so god shows compassion to jonah shows himself to be compassionate to jonah by giving him this plant for his own good but also for the well-being for the good of others the god of compassion is here geared towards showing jonah Um, uh, that God wants to be kind, God wants to be compassionate, even to the Ninevites, and therefore he gives him this plant that covers him. Number two, God shows himself to be compassionate uh, more than Jonah. So number one, God shows himself to be compassionate to Jonah, and this you see there in verse six. six. And then, Number two, God shows himself to be compassionate more than Jonah. This we will see from verse 7 to 11. Look with me there at verse 7. The Bible says, But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. Now, God shows himself to be compassionate more than Jonah, firstly, by displaying his sovereignty, God is more compassionate than Jonah because God is the sovereign God. Jonah experienced the goodness of God through the plant for for just a bit. And then God removes it. The Bible says there that God removes it the next day by appointing a worm to attack it. And the fact that God appoints this worm shows that God is sovereign. God was granting it to show Jonah that he is the compassionate God who is not only sovereign over plants... He's not only sovereign over worms, but he's sovereign over the salvation of sinners. And just as a side note, side note here, when you go through trials, God may be using these trials, whatever trial you may be going through, God may be using the trial to teach you a helpful lesson or many helpful lessons. For Jonah, God uses the, the plant to teach him a lesson, He removes the plant. To teach him a lesson god hurled the wind which threatened the boat you know on their way to tashish <clears throat> god appointed a fish to swallow jonah and this he does in his sovereignty uh hurling the wind uh, uh, appointing the the fish that swallows jonah he speaks to the fish and the fish vomited jonah now god is appointing a worm to attack the plant God is sovereign over everything. We read there in verse 7. When dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. God shows his sovereignty by appointing this worm. God is sovereign over everything. Even the chicken that are moving here, God is sovereign over all of them. Look at verse 8. When the sun rose... Again, God appointed a scorching east wind and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. God now appoints another wind. It says there, a scorching east wind. God shows displays his compassion uh, more than Jonah. By displaying his sovereignty, he appoints another wind. God is, as it were, telling Jonah, wake up, see that these people need to be saved, and I am going to save them. God has removed the shade, and now he has appointed a worm um, that uh, 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 kills the the plant, that eats up the, the, the plant. God has now appointed a scorching east wind and to add salt to injury, the Bible says there that the sun beat down on the head of Jonah, so that he was faint it says there that God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah, so that he was faint and God is using this example to show him that he is more compassionate than Jonah he is he, as it were showing Jonah. I am compassionate. Why are you not being compassionate as I am? He's using this example to show him that he's on the wrong. He's on the wrong side to think that the Ninevites do not deserve God's mercy, God's compassion. And so God shows himself to be compassionate more than Jonah by first of all displaying his sovereignty, sovereignty over over the plant there, sovereignty over the wind. Secondly, by exposing the unwillingness of Jonah have others saved so god does not only display that he is sovereign but he also exposes the unwillingness of jonah to have others saved instead of seeing the point what does jonah do he has a death wish he says it is better for me to die than to live jonah seems to be seriously wishing wishing death he's wishing to die he's out of tune with the lord so much so that nothing seems to convince him That God is sovereign. Nothing seems to convince him that God is compassionate. And therefore he says he wishes to die. And God uses the unwillingness of Jonah to show that he is more compassionate than Jonah. His unwillingness to have others saved shows that God is more compassionate there. This tells us that God is more compassionate than anyone in this world. If there is a specialist in the field of compassion... His name is the Lord God. God is the God of compassion. Notice the stark difference between Jonah and the greater than Jonah, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jonah says he would rather die. It says there in verse 8, And he asked that he might die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And Jonah is not like Christ. He is a type of Christ. But there's a stark contrast between Christ and Jonah. Jonah wants to die because he cannot stand the the, the salvation of the Ninevites. The greater than Jonah uh, dies because he wants the salvation of sinners. The death of Jonah would be a stamp of hatred for the sinners in Nineveh. The death of Jesus Christ was a stamp of love for the sinners in a broken world. And therefore, uh, uh, God shows that he is compassionate more than Jonah by um, exposing the unwillingness of Jonah to have others saved. God shows, thirdly, the, uh, that he is more compassionate, or he shows himself to be compassionate more than Jonah thirdly, by expressing pity to the Ninevites more than to the plant. God expresses pity to the Ninevites more than the plant, more than to the plant. Look with me there at verses 9 to 11. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you do not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night, and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also much cattle? When you read those texts, my dear brethren, the thing that should should pop out of that, that passage is God is the God of compassion. God is a compassionate God. It is only the God of the Christians who is able to show compassion. This is who he is. He's is the compassionate God. We read in Matthew 9:36 that Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the multitudes because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. God is the God of compassion. Now let me pause there and ask you, are you moved with compassion when you see many lost in their sins? When you see many people, not saved, unsaved, continuing in their sins, are you moved with compassion? Or are you like Jonah? One of the marks of a true follower of Christ is that he or she is moved with compassion for the lost. When you see someone who is not saved, who is unsaved, you are moved with compassion. You want them to hear the truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we live in a fast-moving world. Everyone is going about their own businesses. No one cares about anyone else. Everyone cares about themselves. You, dear Christian, you should be moved with compassion when you see others who are not saved, when you see others who do not know the grace of God in Christ Jesus. Now, when you look at the creation of God, you see the glory of God. And rightly so. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 19 verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the the sky above proclaims his handiwork. You know, King David tells us that when you look at the creation, you see that there is a God. It declares the glory of God. But we should love people and have compassion for people more than we do plants and animals and any other created thing. God is trying to tell Jonah that people are more important than the plant. You see, God asks him the same question as in verse 4 that we saw last, last week. But with an addition, he, he asks him, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? Even though the creation uh, testifies to the glory of God, God is asking Nineveh, Is the plant more. Sorry, he's asking Jonah, Is the plant more valuable than the people of Nineveh and Jonah wants wants to die because the plant has been removed Jonah pities the plant more than he does the people of Nineveh how do we know this we know this because God says it there in verse 10 you pity the plant for which you did not labor nor did you make it grow which came into being in a night and perished in a night Jonah has his compassion misplaced. He shows compassion to the plant more than he does to the people of Nineveh. And God is telling him, you are missing the example. That's not the point of giving you uh, uh, this, this illustration, this example. That is not why I gave you the plant. I did not give it to you so that you pity it more than the people of Nineveh. No, I gave it to you so that you see that the plant is not more valuable than the people of Nineveh. Now you, you have surely seen these people who use donkeys as a means to do their business, and you have seen how they mistreat that animal. The donkey is beaten and beaten and beaten, and you wonder, what has the donkey done?" Now, some, if not all of you, have compassion on the beast you wish that you would be able to stop that uncompassionate man that so that he stops beating and mistreating that animal. Now, is it not sad that sometimes you have more compassion on that animal than you have for the people who have never-dying souls, the people who have immortal souls? It's sad, right? Sometimes you pity the plant more than you pity people. You pity the animal more than you pity uh, people that have immortal souls, souls that will never die. Now transfer your compassion to sinful men and women around you. Be compassionate to sinful people and grant them the compassion of God by bringing them the gospel. Have compassion the way your master. The Lord Jesus Christ did. You know they will go to hell if they die in their state. Then be compassionate enough to bring them the good news. The only news that has the power to save them. The book of Jonah ends there with a rhetorical question. And even though um, no answer is granted, we know what the obvious response should be. God asks there in verse eleven, and should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which there are more than one hundred twenty thousand persons, who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? And the answer is yes, God, please, please show pity, please be compassionate to to these people of Nineveh. When God asks there, and should not I pity Nineveh, our answer is, please pity Nineveh, show compassion to them. In our prayers, we ought to be praying to God that he be compassionate to sinners. Unlike Jonah who wants nothing but wrath, our prayers should be, oh God of compassion, attend to our evangelism. Attend our evangelism with pity for those lost souls. Show compassion on all who have heard the Gospel through our lips. That should be our prayer. We should not be like Jonah. And we should have a compassion that reflects that of God. Because there are many who have not heard the Gospel, we should have compassion for them. We should be willing to bring the truth to them. And we should be willing to see them repent of their sins and turn to Christ because god has been compassionate to us we should we should show the, the, the same compassion to others we should express the same compassion to others we should, we should be compassionate christians because god is the god of compassion we should take the truth of the gospel with the hopes that god would save them when we go out on evangelism we don't go out as though we as though we are we are just we are just fulfilling the great commission i mean we are just going out Because we have to. No, we we go out there not only because God has commanded us, but because we have compassion for the lost. Because we want others to be saved. Because we want to see souls that are perishing be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we should take the truth of the gospel to people with the hopes that God would save them. I'd like to <clears throat> try and magnify the Lord Jesus Christ here a bit. And I'd like to say to you that the greater than Jonah is here. Jonah has failed in, in every sense. He's not been faithful to the commission that God has given him. He has not been willing to do that which God requires him to do. He has uh, uh, uh run away from the will of God he has repented, but he has reluctantly taken the gospel to the Ninevites because he is not happy when they repent. The Lord Jesus Christ is is here, my dear brethren. He is here with full power, he is here with full ability to save. He is here as having accomplished redemption and being ready to save. While Jonah looks at the city and and desires judgment for them, while he looks at the Ninevites and does not want them to be saved, rather than uh, um, uh, uh, wanting them to be saved, he wants them to perish, the Lord Jesus Christ looks at the city of Jerusalem and weeps. Now, our public reading, friends, is not in vain. Just last week, we read Luke 13, Luke chapter 13, and, and verse 34. Jesus is lamenting over Jerusalem. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing? And so, while Jonah uh, looks at the city, and is expecting the city to be judged by God. The Lord Jesus Christ looks at the city of Jerusalem and He weeps over them. He he desires that they may be saved. As opposed to Jonah who desires that these people may perish in their sins. Jonah laments that that repentant city, Nineveh, is being spared and will be spared from the wrath of God. He he laments over, over this. He does, not, he, does not, he does not want to leave to see the day when Nineveh will be saved. Jesus Christ, on the other hand, my friends, laments that an unrepentant city, that, that Jerusalem, is going to be judged. It must be judged, not because the mercy of God is not available, not because the compassion of God is not available, but because they will not repent. Jonah is completely different from the Savior in that sense, while at the same time typifying... The Lord Jesus Christ being that example that that points us to Christ and shows us that Jesus Christ is greater. Jesus Christ is better. Jesus Christ is the only one who desires that sinners be saved. And he does this by uh, uh, the sacrifice that he gives on the cross. John laments the prospect of loss for his people that could be brought about by the salvation of the heathen sinners. Jesus Christ on the other hand, laments that even the surrendering of his own life, of of the shedding of his own blood will not bring salvation to these this Jews in Jerusalem. Now let me ask you there, what is the condition of your compassion? Are you compassionate to sinners or are you like Jonah you you know that there is a place where there are evil people you first of all don't want to go to them and even even if you go to them you are not going there so that they may be saved you're going there so that uh, you may proclaim to them the Word of God and God may pour out his wrath upon them Are you more like Jonah or are you more like Jesus are you more like the disobedient prophet or are you more like the greatest prophet the Lord Jesus Christ if you're going to limit your compassion limit it as as it is determined by Jesus Christ not as it is determined by by jonah we must be compassionate people because god is the god of compassion now there's two applications and, and then we'll close number one god's compassion is large the compassion of god is full and free he has compassion towards his sinful people And because god's compassion is large we have a reason to rejoice god is always going to be compassionate to 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 sinners always even those who will perish in hell they will have experienced the compassion of god in one way or another god will have given them a chance in one way or another and so realize that the compassion of god is large the compassion of god is full and free and There is no limit to it. And invite as many people as possible to it. Be compassionate to others because God's compassion has no limit. Number two, be careful of being wicked. And unlike God, it is showing compassion to sinners. Be careful of being wicked. Be careful of being unlike God. You see, Jonah was opposing God. He was unlike God. While God wants to show compassion, He does not want the Ninevites to be saved. Be careful of such attitudes. Be careful of your own self-righteousness and thinking that you are the only one that deserves to be saved. We have to proclaim the gospel and we have to expect God to do wonders, as we were saying this morning, because God is the one that grants the new birth. We have to give people the truth. We have to grant people uh the 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 open invitation. We have to give them the free offer of the gospel. And whatever they do with it is up to them. Not because we are not compassionate to them, but because they are unwilling to repent. And they are they are they will continue in their sins. But then we should not be the hindrance. Rather, we should be we should be there to, to push them and sweetly force them to see that God is compassionate. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the God of compassion. You show compassion to Jonah over and over again show compassion to the Ninevites you have more compassion than anyone in this world could ever have and we pray that you would help us to be like you help us to see the people who are lost being like sheep without a shepherd and help us to be compassionate on them so that we do everything that we can to bring the truth to them, be it our friends, our family members, whoever it is. We ask that this these truths may rest in our hearts. we plead with you, Lord, that you may make us like you, make us holy like you, make us. Uh, compassionate like you help us to have a steadfastness of love like you mercy and grace like you mold us shape and fashion us in your image Use your word, Lord, to transform us through the renewing of our minds. Bless us as we set out for the week. Help us to chew on these things, to mature through these things. Be glorified in everything. Hear all our prayers, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.